Hey everybody, this is Tyler. Um, uh, as you may recall, at the end of uh, episode 175, uh, we mentioned that we went ahead and split up the Comic-Con recap episode. So uh, this is 176, uh, which basically is going to be David, Patrick, and myself uh, talking about uh, Comic-Con on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So uh, yeah, enjoy. Um, okay, so that's Thursday. Um, what are the highlights for Friday? What did, uh, I'm trying to remember what I did. Oh, Friday was uh, fucking True Blood fans. I couldn't get into Caprica in Ballroom 20 at 11.30. Yeah, like, yeah 11.30 mm-hmm. because the True Blood panel was at like 5 that day. Yeah. yeah, that was I couldn't get into the girls, uh, the right. Entertainment Weekly girls one because of the same reason. Is yeah. that a... Here, okay. And actually, the fact that you weren't able to get into that makes me feel better uh, about the fact that I, Jen and I just slept really, really late uh, on Friday uh, and wound up missing like all of our plans. Uh, but that's all right. We got a lot of sleep. Um, but here's... Okay, here's my question. And this is about Comic-Con and the way it is run. Um, and I understand there's a lot of people. They need to be able to organize them somehow. They can't corral everyone. But at the same time, does it? It seems inherently counterproductive that you know you're legitimately interested in doing something earlier, uh-huh. but because somebody else wants to do something later, you get screwed out of the thing that that like most people couldn't care less about. But you well, really I mean, want to do? T- but it was now, Caprica. It's not. No, a I understand. Thing, it's know. not that. But it could. It could have been something else where. Right. A lot of people are are wanting to see this panel, but the one right before it maybe isn't that interesting. Yeah, but yeah. it's interesting to some people, and they might not be able to go simply because the people are because everyone just they they got to get in mm-hmm. for that later one, and it just it seems really counter counterintuitive and counterproductive that just like. Well, I, I think it's fine. I'm glad they do it that way because if they didn't, you'd need a lot more than 15 minutes in between panels if they had to empty a room yeah. every time. To have a constant stream, it keeps things going. And, I mean, Comic-Con is all about, like, irrational devotion to things. And yeah. if people are willing to to wait that long, fine with them. I mean, when 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 when, when it was lost, yeah. I was that person, you okay. know? Mm-hmm. I was. I mean, I'm. How many panels before did you did you get well, in and were wait? Smart and usually did lost early in the morning. Oh, you know, yeah. it would be mm-hmm. the first thing or like two years ago it was the second thing. And but uh, I hate to think there might, might have been some heroes panel left fan heroes fan left out during yeah. the heroes panel because I was in there for yeah. the lost panel, and that's fine with me. It's it's a it's a test of what your devotion is. Hmm. Uh, and if I if I had really wanted to get into Caprica. As bad as these True Blood people wanted to get in, I would have lined up an hour and a half earlier instead of an hour before the panel. You would have had to. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose. I don't know. It just, it seems, that's the thing is, a lot of my, a lot of my uh, frustrations just came from just like the way I felt things should have been run like on principle, but I realized that principle and practicality are very different. And like you said, I mean, if they have to empty an entire room... It's going to no. take longer. There's going to be fewer panels in yeah. general. The way it is now, you don't get into something, you can go get into something else, which is what yeah. happened to me, where I was like, realized I wasn't going to get in at 11.30, you know, and uh, so I decided, okay, well, I'll go queue up for Hall H, because there's always line for Hall H, right? Yeah. I want to get in there for Super, which is the next James Gunn movie. I walked over to Hall H and just walked in. 
Hmm. No line at all in Hall H because no one cares about Drive Angry 3D starring Nicolas Cage and William <laughs> Fickner. Yeah. Although, Maybe frankly, the trailer was kind of cool. But I mean, I, it's it's preposterous. I think you tweeted or something at that point, no line at Hall H. Uh-huh. And I saw that. It was like, I might actually go to Hall H this <laughs> Comic-Con now. And I, I did go in there for a little while. Yeah. And I thought that was a... I liked how uh, it's the only place where I really look at Twitter. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> constantly checking Twitter because it all of a sudden has a use to me. Did it, yeah. did it make a, a, a more devout Twitterer out of you? Mixed uh, with the fact that you finally have a smartphone. Yeah, I, I mean, I was excited that I had, that I had uh, activated my droid just in time for, for Comic-Con and I was able to to update people. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it was very handy uh, just to... At the very least, keep tabs on like what you were up to, and uh-huh. if I felt like meeting up with you and watching you get drunk or whatever, <laughs> um, I could do that. But um, but yeah, it's and just uh, and it was interesting because some of our friends, like friend of the show Jason Egan, texted me, and because my phone died for a good portion of Thursday. Yeah, and I was I was getting worried. Like our meetup was tonight, and, I, and and your phone was dead, and Jenny wasn't answering her phone, and I was yeah. like, oh good lord, they they got run over by the trolley. <laughs> Uh, and so it's, uh, but Jason, uh, when I finally recharged my phone, I found a, uh, a text from him saying like, why aren't you tweeting? <laughs> Start tweeting all caps. Um, Speaking of, to get back to the trolley, how amazing is it that, that a hundred people aren't hit by that train every year? <laughs> Cause you have to cross the, tr- the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I imagine it's. The convention center normally doesn't have much going on. Yeah, most of the no, but I mean, just at Comic Con, there's 150,000 oh, people they, they, coming and going from there all day. They uh, <laughs> they always have those police officers and yeah. security. That's <laughs> the one on but, the on the Sunday, the last day, uh, over by the first street crossing. We were just waiting, and then like it was clear, and this really, I guess, portly security guard just <laughs> just screamed like. Inches away from my face. Cross! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so done with these nerds. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just walked in. Um, I saw the drive. I saw the last half of the Drive Angry three 3D panel. Look, I got my 3D glasses on the way in. And luckily, they showed the trailer again at the end because I kind of liked it. It looks preposterous. It's like mm. Nicolas Cage escapes from hell with some special <laughs> gun that can kill Satan because he wants to <laughs> save his daughter and then William Fickner who is either is Satan or is some sort of devil is sent after him and it looks like a movie it looks like William Fickner gets to be a badass in this movie That's awesome. Is, I like him. which is really cool. Uh and it looks really violent and in 3D. Yeah. Well, you know? I noticed the advertising for it says shot in 3D. Yeah, they're making a big point of that. that that's that's a big Yeah, I noticed that this year for the first time that nobody seemed to care about 3D still. In terms of like going to a panel that was going to be shown in 3D, yeah, it's like, oh, this is 3D. Um, instead of la- last year, it was like this whole day is going to be in 3D. This is going to be awesome. Right. Um, yeah, there's a lot of sort of anti 3D. I mean, Joss Whedon talked about not doing the Avengers in 3D yeah. and stuff like that. Well, he said that he wouldn't want to convert some other one of his other films into 3D. You can say Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> yeah, that he would. Uh, the movie's been put Kevin on hold because he wants the yeah. studio wants to convert it to 3D. And he he directly addressed it during the Q and A. Someone asked him like, "What's going on with Cabin in the Woods?" Or maybe it was the moderator. It was Jeff Jensen from EW, um, and he said, "You know, the state of that." The state of the studio is in flux. They they canceled Bond and yes, MGM and is releasing Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, and they already at some have point, it. it's maybe been, or it's a completed film. 
Yeah, it's it, done. Yeah, his exact words were, they canceled Bond, and I don't think we come before he does. So, hmm. yeah, Cavern of the Woods is done, and uh, I hope we get, get to see it theatrically someday. Uh, if not, I'd like to see it on DVD at least. Um, Joss Whedon did not direct it. Um, Drew Goddard? Uh, Drew Goddard. Or Goddard? Goddard. Goddard. Yeah. Uh, that name sounds familiar. What has he done? Uh, a bunch of Buffy episodes. Buffy and Angel and... Mm. Um, I want to say he did like Alias and Lost stuff. Did not Lost. Did he do Lost? Uh, no. He's, does, he's. I think he wrote. Uh, he might be credited as one of the writers on like Cloverfield too for some right. reason. Well, there's definitely. That's how they started talking about Cavern of the Woods. There's a connection between. J, it's like the main connection between J.J. Abrams and Joss Whedon is that they both worked closely with Drew Goddard. Mm. Um, what were we talking about? Okay, so yeah, Drive Angry, great. I want to talk about Skyline. Um, Here's here's another thing that happens at Comic Con is the buildings will be plastered huge skies sky high billboards a- mm-hmm. across the hotels for things you've never heard of like yeah. video games and then one on one of the towers of the Marriott Marina was for this movie called Skyline November twelfth two thousand ten okay uh, and it was the panel right before Super so I ended up seeing it and it's a really cool story that these guys who own a production company made essentially like an Independence Day size alien invasion movie uh, independently with their cameras did all the effects themselves. A crew of about 20 people made this movie. Uh, It stars uh, uh, Eric Balfour, uh, Donald Mm. Faison, and uh, David Zayas from from Dexter, and he was also on Oz. Um, And... uh, it's really cool that they were able to do this. It's uh, very promising about the future of film in the digital age, uh, except that the footage looks like a, a really bad movie. And it looks like the CGI is done very well. It just looks like a really dumb movie. Did you uh, happen to see the advertising they were doing for that? The, uh, the foam people, the floating foam? No. They were shaped like, oh, like I human saw that. shape? Yeah, yeah. It was like, a, it was like a, you know, like on a... Just a human made out of white foam floating up into the sky. Yeah, it was really neat. It was kind of cool. Where, where was this? It was right in front of uh, the Marriott. I think it was on the Marriott. Is that oh. where they were advertising it? Yeah. Yeah, so in front of its like building size poster. Oh, that's I didn't notice. It's pretty awesome. Uh, I was over in the Marriott a couple times. Um, and then and we'll get to your guys' Friday in a second because I want to talk about fucking Super. Okay. Oh, man. Battleship Retention is on the record of being fans of of James Gunn's Slither. Very much so, yes. Uh, you, you're I'm a fan. A fan. Yeah. Uh, he also wrote the Dawn of the Dead remake, um, which I'm, I'm a fan of. Um, and so I was super excited for his new movie, which is still a genre movie, but not a horror movie. Um, it's a, about a, a sort of schlubby guy whose wife becomes a drug addict and leaves him. And then because, to, I guess, to find a sense of justice in the world, he becomes a superhero but he's really just a sociopath Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he's played by Rain Wilson and the movie looks hilarious and just brutal and really dark. Uh, Ellen Page is in it and I I feel like... I I never saw Hard Candy. I don't know. Did you guys see Hard Candy? No, I did. Uh, Well, I've always felt like... I'll I'll get your opinion in a second. I've always felt like... I think there are untapped reserves of talent in Ellen Page that uh, that roles like Juno and Ariadna in, in exception haven't allowed her to explore. That's the, I don't know if she's great in Hard Candy if there's more to the, to that role than um I thought she was 
good in it, but yeah, I guess I guess her full potential hasn't been unleashed. That's yet. what that's how I feel, and 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 I and I feel like uh, Super might be the first like real taste of that because they I mean they they showed like a sort of long trailer and then one scene, and she wasn't in the scene they showed, but she was in the in the trailer, and she looks great, and that was that's that was another cool thing is that. Um, the names of the famous people who are going to be at panels—it's always tentative, and so, and often in the in the good way. Whereas, when people who people show up who weren't listed, and Ellen Page was not listed as being on the panel. In fact, she had a handwritten like thing in front of her on the on hmm. the on the panel that just said Ellen Page because they hadn't printed one up for her. They didn't know she was going to be there, uh, and that, that's that's a cool thing that I like. A scene between Rain Wilson and Ellen Page. How deadpan must that be? <laughs> um, in a good way, of course. But uh, yeah. Well, just... I, I, no, I, that's the one thing I'm talking about is that Ellen Page's character. I can't remember what. I, cannot, it's a, I think Libby is the character's name, but she uh, works at a comic book store and becomes uh, <laughs> Rain Wilson's superhero is named the Crimson Bolt, mm-hmm. and she becomes his sidekick, Bolty. But <laughs> 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 she's not deadpan at all. She's very like. Like spunky, crazy, and and like uh, uh, outgoing, and like the sh- the scene that's in the trailer of her is her show, like trying to prove that she has skills to to and and can be a sidekick, and she's like, just watch this, and starts doing like essentially like a six year old doing kung fu moves around the bedroom, <laughs> and just like jumping around and kicking awkwardly, and it was awesome. I I, I can't wait. The scene they showed, I don't want to, I don't even want to give it away because that's part, you know, that's part of the you had to be there. Or, you know, I'm just keeping it to myself. So we're uh, doing an episode, uh, a Comic-Con recon, uh, recap episode, and uh, and basically it just comes to, like, hey, all the best things, uh, yeah, I guess screw yourselves. No, I, 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 I just, I guess uh, that was part joking. But the scene, I've described it to a couple of people, and I feel like I'm not doing it justice. Mm-hmm. The way that the scene shifts from sort of, deadpan uh, the, the office type humor mm-hmm. to just like oh my god that that was violent <laughs> that looks and and not in the i haven't seen kick-ass so i shouldn't say this but not in the kick-ass way where it's stylized mm-hmm. like really like almost upsetting because of how realistic the violence is uh and i think i'm gonna be very happy with this movie when does it come out i don't know hmm. i didn't I, I forget to forgot that's to look. frustrating uh what did you guys do with your mornings on friday <laughs> Uh, I, I went over to the uh, Scott Pilgrim Experience, which is done right. at the Hilton across the street. And one of the things about Comic Con is is the entire kind of area, area surrounding area of Comic Con. Certain restaurants are rented out by movies or mm-hmm. television stations, and uh, they had a whole like kind of courtyard of the Hilton rented out for Scott Pilgrim. And you went up there, and you could uh, kind of silk screen your own shirt. You'd pick a color design. It was a it was a fun fun advertisement. Some that hadn't seen before you could make your own flip book with uh your friends uh they had the scott pilgrim video game uh, <clears throat> uh various points throughout the day certain stars from the uh-huh. film would be walking around um i mean it was just nice environment good music cool it was fun um yeah i mean i got i got some shirts i don't know if i'll ever wear them but i got some shirts uh yeah, I went to the uh end of the super panel, saw yeah, the Q and A footage. Sadly. Yeah, but uh, it sounded really fun, and it was just a great panel. Like, I, it was the opposite of the Dexter panel where they were sort of reserved. Like these people were really into the fact that they were at Comic Con. Yeah, and, like they liked the people there. Yeah, yeah. 
and uh, you know one. Red Rain Wilson was on the panel, and so was Nathan Fillion, who plays the Holy Avenger in in <laughs> Super. Um, and one of the questions from the audience was, "Who would win in a fight, Dwight Schrute or Mal Reynolds?" And so they got up. Mal Reynolds is his character from Firefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they got up and fake fought, and Dwight Schrute beat the like quote unquote beat the crap out of Mal Reynolds. It was very fun. It was very game and funny and into it. And Michael Rooker was there, which is always cool because he's Michael Rooker was there. Yeah, Michael Rooker's in the movie. Liv Tyler was there. Uh, Kevin Bacon was not there because he had a, a another. I guess he was shooting something else. But he is. Uh, I guess Kevin Bacon is sort of the bad guy of hmm. Super. So I'm. I, I can't get over how excited for this movie that I, I am. I know. It's gonna be it's, great. Uh, yeah. Went from asking about our mornings and we're back. Uh, yeah, yeah, back to Super. Well, uh, Friday. Then there was the Goon panel that that. That was that night. I want to get. to What did you do with your morning? I slept until about one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so never mind. You have to understand, I still had I had a lot of sleep to catch up on uh-huh. from the day before. I had only gotten like four hours of sleep, and uh, you know, and so I and I was up very late uh, Thursday night. Right. So uh, so I slept until about one, and then we grabbed some lunch, and then we walked to the floor. Uh, so no panels at all on Friday for you? Uh, well, in the in the evening we we uh, went to the. Uh, well, we stay okay. So we went to the what's you know what's new with Penguin, which is Peng- uh, Penguin is publishing the, the Penguin or whatever from the Batman series. I wish, man, that'd be great. Burgess Meredith, <laughs> what's he up to these days? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Aside from uh, being completely excluded from the Nolan series, um, it's uh, no. It was just uh, we basically were gonna sit and wait for the the. Um, Old school American horror panel, uh-huh. uh, and in doing so, they just said, uh, "Hey, uh, come on into this." Yeah. So we got to find out all the new books that Penguin's going to be releasing, oh, boy. and uh, oh, very exciting! Uh, vampires, werewolves, and love triangles. That seems to be what it's all about, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, it really was fascinating. It, it was it was a nice educational experience for me because. You watch it and you're just like, wow. Everything is so very, very derivative of Twilight and Harry Potter Uh and just all these other things. Like every single book released was like, none of them were self-contained. All of them were the latest in a series or kicking off a new series. And it was always just like, man, it's just all, it's just like all fantasy just being, fantasy series just flooding the young adult market and it, it was actually very interesting it was interesting not for the reason that they wanted it to be but uh, it was interesting to me and then of course so having sat through all that then i sat f- through 10 minutes of the old school american horror panel at which point i remember how much i don't like horror fans and i uh, and also and I it was pretty much just about hatchet and it was hatchet just about hatchet too but speaking of horror and trends you know what else is big right now is zombies zombies are big yes and that was one thing that i wished I was cursing under my breath as I walked away from Ballroom 20, not getting into Caprica. I was like, I should have gone to the Walking Dead panel instead. Mm-hmm. Because are, are, have you been following? Are you aware of this, the Walking Dead? Uh, you mean like the thing in life, like no. the dead like, have, are no, have risen? This, and this is so up your alley. I I'm sure right. it is. I've you know, it's a comic book series that's being turned into an original. Uh, not I guess an original. It's based on something, but uh, a television series by AMC. Mm-hmm. Who I mean already. That the bar's pretty high. I, I mean, AMC has a good track record. But this is an entire television series that takes place in a world where there are zombies. Mm-hmm. It's not... Mm-hmm. That's such a, that's so great to me. Because it's not just a movie where you know, like, 
at the end, they're not going to kill all the zombies, and they're probably all going to die, because that's what happens in zombie movies. Mm-hmm. But this gets to go on, and they get to exist in a world with zombies. Which is what zo- the, the movie Zombieland was ori- originally supposed to be, was it was going to be a, a, a television show. Oh, right. And right, it was right. going to be called Zombieland, and, uh, and no network was interested. Uh, and then, so they just turned it into a movie, and it kind of, it sort of kicked off, uh, mm-hmm. along with, what is it, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? Yeah. Um, it kind of kicked off this idea of zombies as something that are horror and Shaun of the Dead. They're horrifying, but they're also kind of funny and like living life with yeah. all these. And well, so, I've read some uh, of the Walking Dead comic. It's not funny. No, oh, it's, okay. it's very Romero style kind of zombie okay. situations. Yeah, slow it's, moving. Yes, all yes. Right. They're not not running zombies. All right. But anyway, just wanted to mention that. Uh, okay, so that's fr- uh, Friday um, after Super. I went. I had lunch. Met some more uh, awesome people. I met uh, John Cooper who's uh, from St. Louis, and he's a listener, and he writes. Uh, I can't remember <laughs> or what. Uh, and also had lunch with Elizabeth Rapp from uh, Cinematical.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was great. They were great, except they didn't drink any beer, and so I was the only one with a beer. We got our fish tacos, and they were selling 32-ounce beers, and I don't know how you pass that up. When it's a maybe, forty-five minute wait for food, maybe so people I, don't drink beer, David. <laughs> <laughs> so I drink my beer by myself. So hang on. So uh, John Cooper, uh-huh. um, that's at John Coop, and John at John Coop. Uh, so he's just a listener, and he just happened to see you and say, "Hey, that I know who that guy is." You know, I ran into Ryan as I was leaving Hall H. Ryan from Criterion Cast, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, have you eaten?" Because I was going to get some lunch. And he was like, "Yeah, I just, I just ate, but." Um, Tim Buell from the Golden Briefcase, whom I also met uh, briefly, um, and Elizabeth Rapper at the Tin Fish, uh, and um, you should go introduce yourself. And so, like, I had an idea of what they looked like, but not really, so I was kind of walking around the Tin Fish mm-hmm. puzzled, and then all of a sudden I hear, David Bax! And, and, and John Cooper's like, hey, I'm sitting over here with uh, Tim Buell and Elizabeth Rapp, and luckily he recognized me. So, Oh, okay. That's good. So it wasn't, I mean, strictly speaking, it wasn't like you were walking around and a fan said, hey, it's you. It was, uh, you know, he was there with people that you were going to be meeting, so he knew to look yeah, for Yeah, not you, that right? anyone, but no one there was waiting for me. Ryan oh, really? had just told me. Oh, okay. Ryan from Criterion Cast had just told me, hey, these specific people with the tin fish, I don't think they've eaten yet. You should go, if you're going to eat, you should go try and find them. I wanted, pe- I wanted somebody to recognize me just uh, just out and about. I just wanted someone to be like, well, maybe you hey. don't stay in your hotel room until one thirty. <laughs> but you know what? Here's the thing. I may have gotten a late start, but I also finished late on a Friday. On Friday, I was there until like midnight, which is pretty late. Yeah, all things is. considered, right? Why didn't I see you on Friday night? Mm. Oh, you went to the no, that was Saturday night. Yeah. Anyway, You're at the actual convention till midnight. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. at the the worst cartoons panel oh, or whatever. Oh, I hear that's great, great every year. It was a, it was a delight. It was uh, especially because in watching them. Like two of them, I'm like, this isn't that bad. Actually, if I was a kid, I'd watch this. Um, and Patrick, but then, I believe our friend Gary, he was there. He was there. He sent me yeah. sent me one of the videos they showed with a monkey, uh, well, oh, some type of horrifying. Horrible monkey. Yeah, yeah. Most of them are really quite terrible. Um, <laughs> but uh, and then and then I uh, Jen and I hung out after that, and we uh, decided to duck into the Blood Factory panel, which is uh, Blood Factory. I think is like uh, they're on. Online movies or something. Okay. And uh, they're, uh, 
I, I think one of the producers is Danny DeVito. And oh. so he was there along with several other people. And, uh, and so afterwards, a lot of people were getting their picture taken with him. And I was like, I want to go meet Danny DeVito. So I walked over and, uh, I know that I'm not bringing anything new to this, but what I will say is he's tiny. <laughs> think of how short he think of how short you think he is. <laughs> Take like four inches off. All right. <laughs> and I don't care what you how how short you think he is. He's shorter than you thought. <laughs> uh, he came up to like my like my lower chest. It was insane. And uh, and so I did that thing that David, you and I do from time to time when we meet celebrities is uh I, I thought of rather than simply say like hey I liked you and I love you and it's always sunny even though I love him and it's always sunny in Philadelphia uh, right. I instead picked uh, a role that I I absolutely think he's astounding in uh, and I also know that at Comic Con he's probably not getting a lot of compliments on his performance in the film The Big Kahuna yeah it's which, a good it's a good way to stand out if you meet yeah meeting celebrities it's a good way to say like to it's it's a good thing to say yeah. I remember when I when I worked on Baywatch and I met Ray Winstone, I made sure to mention uh, Last Orders, which yeah. I wasn't lying. He's great in Last Orders. It's Absolutely. a great movie. But you know, no one people are coming up to him and talking about Sexy Beast. Yeah, you know. So so I specifically uh, everyone was getting their picture taken with him, and of course, the ev- pretty much everyone had to like scrunch down so that they, so that they and Danny DeVito would fit in the frame. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, but when I met him, I was like the last person, the security guys were trying to get him out and I was like, Mr. DeVito, I'm so, and I was, I totally nerded out, uh, because I find that I, if, if I want people to pity me a little bit, uh, cause I don't look like a pitiful person. I just look like a jerk. <laughs> and so, um, so I have to adopt a certain type of voice so that they'll listen to me and not just be like, ah, who's this jerk. And so I'm like, uh, Mr. DeVito, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't want a picture or anything. I just wanted to let you know that your performance in the big kahuna meant a lot to me. And I really loved it. And he was like, and he, you know, he gave that look of like vis- visible surprise and be like, Oh, he goes, thank you. That's very nice of you. And then, he, and we shook hands and he left. And a firm handshake, by the way. Oh, that's a good thing. It is a good thing. So uh, how late were you actually at the convention center then? Well, after that, I went over and watched the first few minutes of Mega Piranha. Right. Uh, Sci-Fi presents Mega Piranha. And I thought it was going to be a fun thing. to. W- I was going to watch the whole thing because there, there were probably about 100, 150 people in the room. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a fun thing. We're all laughing at this ridiculous movie. And then I realized, ah, uh, they're not laughing. Uh <laughs> They really like this and take it surprisingly way more seriously <laughs> than the makers of the film. And uh, so I thought, like, I think I'm done with this. And so I left after about 15 minutes of that. But I get my, my point is, is, isn't it weird being in the convention center all day when it's just crammed with people and then being in that hallway like after 10 p.m.? It is. It's, it's, it's creepy. Very, it's creepy. It's yeah. very strange. And it's just kind of sad. It's just like, oh, man. Everyone's gone. Where did it, where did everyone go? Yeah, there's remember, more uh, stuff going on. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I went to um, they, they did a screening of Doctor Horrible sing along blog, mm-hmm. and that got out at like eleven fifteen. Yeah, and it was just it just dead. It's really weird. And it, and that that is my question. Where did everyone well, go? It might or, depend on the night because that one time the the masquerade. Yeah, the masquerade is Saturday night, so they also have like a rave. Really, Comic Con the in the oh in the pavilion the pavilion yeah. area. There's like. Yeah, like yeah, Saturday night's party. Glow sticks and everything. Oh man. Um yeah, no one well, told me there'd be glow sticks. We went to the masquerade two years ago and yeah. it was fun, but I wouldn't I wouldn't do it again. I we it's we got, we didn't long. have to wait in line to get tickets or anything. We were just able to Because go we in. knew someone mm-hmm. had a costume. Yes. Yeah. Um But yeah, Friday. Okay, let's get to it. The goon, Patrick. Yeah. Patrick was kind enough to hold me a place in line. 
the goon, as we mentioned um, before, on the show before, and then earlier, talking about Preview Night, uh, is a comic written by, uh, it's on it's published by Dark Horse, I think, and yes. it's written by Eric Powell, and it sort of takes place in, I guess, a weird version of the 30s that also is kind of modern, but is also, there are zombies. But yeah, they're just monsters in general. Kind yeah. Of, like, uh, yeah, anamorphic. Yeah. Type things running around. Yeah, it's but it's just about a sort of goon, like it looks like somebody out of... Oh, who's the uh, who's the character from Dick Tracy? Um, at, at the beginning, the kid is living in with him in the shack in the movie. Steve the Tramp? The, Steve the Tramp. The goon kind of looks like that. He does look like that, actually. I yeah. saw an action figure of him. Oh, yeah. And uh, he and his friend uh, Frankie, who has... Huge eyes with no pupils, just big mm-hmm. blank white eyes. Ugh. They hang out and they drink and they do all and they and they pal around and they kill monsters and zombies. Uh, yeah. And I, I go, to, I try to go to the Goon panel every year. They always does something fun. He's friends with uh, Tom Lennon. Eric Powell is friends with Tom Lennon and Ben Garant. Mm-hmm. So like, or two years ago, Patrick, yeah, that thing was where awesome. It was Tom Lennon. We walk in, Tom Lennon, Ben Garant, and Brian Posehn are just sitting <laughs> at the panel, like twiddling their thumbs and like, all right. Um, uh, we don't know where Eric is. We were drinking with him at Dick's Last Resort earlier this afternoon. Uh, we kind of lost track of him. He knows he has a panel. I don't know what happened. And, like they sort of just like entertained, us, like tried to keep us entertained for a few minutes, and then Eric Powell stumbles in the back door, clearly playing it up, yeah. like, pretending to be drunk, and and uh, then said he's not. He's like I'm not. I don't want to talk about the goon. I want to talk about my new panel i bought the rights to godzilla and i'm making godzilla porn <laughs> yes. they had a video <laughs> a video that they had prepared which is honestly just drawings of godzilla with black bars where the penis would be <laughs> and so they always do fun stuff like that and um last year tom lennon and ben Grant were there again pretending to be eric powell's less successful more redneck brothers because mm. they're friends they're all from tennessee um that's their thing uh, and so they, they they did they did that sort of sketch last year, uh, and but then last year they also brought some people up from Blu-ray Animation and showed some just a just a tiny bit of this test footage they made because they want to make an animated goon goon movie, mm-hmm. and they you know last year they, last year was just the seeds of it they talk, they were talking Blu-ray Animation and worked on this uh, David Fincher wanted to produce or whatever so this year the panel was billed as the goon movie panel mm-hmm. like come and learn about the goon movie and that's. There were no real shenanigans, except for, I mean, Eric no, Paul kind of joked around at the beginning that yeah. that David Fincher was uh, Disneyfying <laughs> uh, the goon, but yeah, um, the it, the comedy didn't last more no, than yeah. like two minutes. Or. Tom Lennon wasn't there. Ben Garant was there. He was just the moderator, though. Uh, they showed some a bit more footage. What did you think of the footage, Patrick? I think it looks great. Yeah, I I love like the skin texture on on the characters, uh-huh. and uh, I don't know, it just. It has its own. It it has its look. It, it kind of has like a Fincher look too. It's real dark, right? Um, it's just the sort of high contrast. Yes, lighting of it. Yeah. Yes, and um, it certainly felt like the comics feel too. Um, I was really yeah. impressed. I would have liked to have seen more. The footage that they showed there was you can see that footage essentially online. Yeah, you can see it now. Right, uh, right now, but I think uh, it had sort of premiered there. I don't think you. Could well, see they'd it had a preview now. for it online a few days prior oh, really? and it was okay. it was mostly the the same footage um oh, okay. but yeah um but yeah they're a little further along they still don't have 
financing. They have a script. David Fincher is on board. They have voices, mm-hmm. which they had last year too, actually. Uh, Clancy Brown will be doing The Goon, which yeah. could not be more perfect. And Paul Giamatti will be doing Frankie. And I, mean, I mentioned Ellen Page earlier. Let's talk about drop-ins, right? Yeah. Uh, David Fincher and Paul Giamatti just showed up and sat down and started talking about The Goon, which mm-hmm. is so awesome. It's so awesome to me that David Fincher is there at Comic-Con, and he's not in Hall H talking about... You know, he's and he's not there to promote the girl with a dragon tattoo, wherever his next big thing is. Network. Mm-hmm. The social network, yeah, he's there in this room with that seats maybe two hundred. Yeah, uh, one of the tiniest rooms there. Yeah, and just talking about this movie, this tiny movie that doesn't even exist yet and might not. Hmm. Uh, it's a really cool thing, and and Paul Giamatti uh, is is a very funny guy, and he. <laughs> He sort of hat coughs in a way that you would expect a Paul G. Mighty character to do. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah. Patrick? That everyone's just like, ha! <laughs> <laughs> I, I got. I felt a little concerned. Yeah, like for his health in general. So um, that is that all with is that all for Friday? Or you guys have? Yeah, more? I mean, I just that, went drinking after that. I didn't yeah, that was pretty much it for me too. Yeah, I didn't go. I didn't, there were no Showtime parties or anything. I, that, uh, my girlfriend came down that day and went to the Goon panel, mm-hmm. and so. We hung out with uh, some friends of hers and uh, and Rudy again. I drank with Rudy every night. You sure did. Yeah. And and Ryan almost every night. So, uh, yeah. so Saturday, where are we? Okay. Are <laughs> you losing steam? I'm, I'm getting a little sleepy. I, uh, I was up very late last night and did not sleep as long as I probably could have. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm concerned that the episode's getting a little long. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, um, <laughs> I was gonna. Uh, my original plan was to get up and get in line for the the Warner Brothers stuff in Hall H, namely the Harry Potter stuff. And when my alarm went off four hours after I'd drunkenly fallen into my bed, I said, "No, that's not going to happen." Mm-hmm. I set it for about two and a half hours later, uh, and then uh, pretty much went to the floor uh, for a little bit because um, I hadn't been to the floor since Wednesday night and Natalie hadn't been at all because she just came down the day before so we went and looked around a bit shopped a bit and then we went to the Tim and Eric thing met up with Patrick awesome oh that con. was we yeah we met on the floor actually which yeah. is one of those weird things that happens at Comic Con when there's 150,000 people and I was literally dialing your number and then we, we were in the same aisle yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were both about to head over to the awesome con anyway. Yeah. So, and so we went out the back out. door of the hall, which I had never done before. I didn't know it was there. <laughs> There's like more like like just sort of like shitty booths back there. Yeah. I think it's like like community based booths. Like yeah. like if if you want to dress up like a stormtrooper in San Diego, you can go and talk to this booth and right. do it every weekend. <laughs> um, but then we we stumble out into the sun, and into two huge lines of people in battle armor. Waiting to sword fight or joust or whatever. Yeah, and it was really cool. <laughs> they were they weren't ho- holding back at all. They uh-huh. were just really beating the crap out of each other. It was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty great. And their armor was insane. It was uh-huh. real armor. Everything. Yeah. It was super authentic, except for the I think the swords were right. Uh, you know, soft. And this is a good year for it too, because it wasn't crazy hot this year. No, it was very pleasant. I was yeah. very excited that uh, it was so nice and cool. Yeah, I've been there when it's really hot. Um, and then after that, I just did the Hall H thing, but we'll get to that later. Patrick, what did you do on Saturday? Uh, that morning, I was I was working. Uh, we were going around shooting a, a kind of a pitch pilot that I hmm. have some pe- with some people. So uh, I never I never worked 
on the floor before and it was it was intense i mean there's just so many people yeah. running around trying to get good sound trying to pull people away from you know they they want to go get their toy yeah and uh it was a it was a interesting work environment but it was fun killed right. half a day First off, I don't appreciate your tone when you talk about people going to get their toy. <laughs> I bought three Riddler figures on the floor uh, over the course of the uh, of the con, and uh, they threw me through uh, a little. I don't like your tone when you use the word con. I'm trying to say, <laughs> look at me. I'm using the lingo. All right? But I remember when I ran into you on Thursday when you just gotten there. You just gotten through the traffic thing. You'd seen yeah. your Manos and Torgo, so you were a little cheered up. But yeah, you, yeah. And so I like uh, talked to you for a few minutes. We talked to Tobolowski, and then I was like, "All right, have a good con." And yeah. You're like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I, I think it was more the tone in which you said it because <laughs> you clearly knew the effect it's going to have on me. But uh, but I do want to talk about the floor a little bit. And we also ran. I, sh- I completely left him out. We, we 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 both independently ran into Tom Griffin from the Paul Goebel show. Absolutely, and I, I got a magnet. I got a magnet as well. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but uh, but I did want to talk briefly about the floor because to me that was the most exciting part because of course talking about the community. I mean, you're right there in the middle of it, and uh, and it's just astounding to just see all this all this stuff. Uh, now, of course, for me, I was there with a purpose. I was looking for Riddler figures, uh, and that helped, but also it can be exhausting. I mean, if you're walking through that thing for a solid hour and a half, two hours, uh, which is what uh, Jen and I did on Friday afternoon, you're walking through that, and if you're walking through it indiscriminately, it's probably still pretty exhausting, but walking through it with your eyes constantly scanning, looking for flashes of a certain shade of green, uh-huh. uh, and after a while, you're just like, "Oh, geez, this is this is exhausting." And so after that, like, we needed to take a definite break. But it was very exhilarating. I really, uh, I don't know, I really enjoyed the floor. I know some people are like, "Look, you don't want to do the floor until Sunday when there's less people there," and I'm sure that probably. I'm sure it probably would be a little easier, but uh, but just being in the midst of everybody while we were walking the floor, we saw John Cryer and his son, mm. and uh, they were just there looking for stuff. That's all they were doing. They weren't there as John Cryer. Uh, yeah. It was just, I don't know, and that was kind of fun. Um, and uh, I don't know, that, that, that really, I really enjoyed that. That reminds me of something that Simon, Simon Pegg said at the Paul panel on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, which I'll talk about later, um, but he talked about... Um, walking the floor with a mask on in a, in, in a way that made me realize that hmm. I think a lot of the famous people who were there put on masks and go to the floor so they won't be bothered. Hmm. And so now, every year from now on, I'm going to be like, every person who's in a mask, because I know the Mythbusters guys have done it before and Simon Pegg did it, and I hmm. just feel like I'm going to be like really curious as to if that, if that Boba Fett is someone famous. Well, what you should do is every time you encounter someone on the floor in a mask, you should just tear it off of them. <laughs> And take their picture, or just walk up to people going Simon Pegg, <laughs> <laughs> or you just or you just get in real close and be like, I know who you are. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I'm sorry. So uh, so Saturday you were working for hours and hours. Yeah, until Awesome Con. And then we went to Awesome Con, which yeah. we t- talked about a couple weeks ago. Is a thing, a free thing in a park near nearby uh, that Tim and Eric put on, where they mm-hmm. do. It's like a field day type of thing. There's mm-hmm. egg tosses and uh, yeah. There's tug. Of, I don't know if there's tug of war this year, right, but, but there's free, of, free, free ice cream. Uh, yeah, free free ice cream 
uh, provided by Ben and Jerry's. Um, and awesome. This is my third. Yeah, my third awesome con, and it keeps getting bigger. <laughs> yeah, like they even commented on it that the line for the egg toss was they almost ran out of park hmm. for it. But let me stop for a second and say this: it it, it juts out into the bay. Yeah, this little piece of of land. It's awesome. Uh, after uh, awesome con, my nat- my my Natalie, my girlfriend Aww. Natalie and Patrick and I went uh, and had lunch out on a patio. We had some fish and some hefeweizen and and uh, just with the boats and the water right there and i just i so don't want comic-con to leave san diego Mm -hmm. yes it's that that whole thing that whole the whole terrace on the back of the Mm -hmm. convention center and the bay being back there it's not crazy like the con is either you can just get away and escape whenever you want to just yeah take a little break and it's yeah and all of a sudden you're gorgeous yeah it's it's great uh it's Please, Comic-Con, if you're listening. <laughs> I'll call you later, but please. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave San Diego. Um, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, that was Saturday. And then, I don't know, what did you do after? Saturday night, I uh, met up with some friends that were just there did for Saturday. Did you go Saturday. to any panels after con- Awesome Con? Uh, the Stan Winston panel was Saturday. Right. Mm-hmm. That was that was the only one that I was looking forward to. And once I was in there, I was kind of like, all right. But I did love that there were three Predators standing Four. Three or four. There were four. Yeah. Yes. Standing there. And I, initially, I thought they were going to be part of the panel. Yeah. No, no, they're just fans. Fans who decide to stand there in, in costume the yeah. entire time, looking through their masks. Yeah. Watching the panel. It was amazing. My first Comic-Con, 2006. I didn't even go down for the whole time. We'd driven down. We parked near uh, the convention, which it's amazing how much it's changed even in five years. Like, where we parked now, you have to have had you have to have had a permit to park there months in advance mm-hmm. that you buy. Uh, it's crazy that it, it's so much busier even in five years. Um, but just walking past the Omni uh, towards the convention center, we walked. This coming toward us was a really tall guy in a really great Predator costume, and I just immediately felt like I can't wait to come back here every year. This is great. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, yeah, these costumes were. Uh, I mean, spot on. They weren't like cobbled together. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know where you. I mean, I, I guess there's a place. There are places you can go online and just buy a full body Predator costume. Probably. But uh, it was pretty astounding. There were because each of one was different this year too. Yeah, no, they were. They were. Yeah, they were their own custom. Yeah. What was it? There was a tiny one that looked like a girl. Like yeah, there was a, a small one, and there was a really a, tall one. And yeah. I like. Uh, I, I more like those kind of the evergreen costumes that you know there will be every year as mm-hmm. opposed to the, like, whatever the big thing is this yeah. year. Which I didn't see a single person painted blue. I wanted to see some Navi. Yeah, I, I was expecting any. to see a little bit more. I think that's just a really hard costume right. to pull off. I saw it just... Not that it doesn't stop other people from I know. trying to wear things they shouldn't be wearing. I know. You'd think one of the slave layers would say, I'm going to stick out. I'm going to paint myself yeah. blue. Um, that was a question that I had as Jen and I were walking along. We saw a couple of... Uh, I don't remember the name of the uh, of the character uh, Katana from Mortal Kombat. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, we saw a couple of them, and uh, and it involves you know being kind of scantily clad, and more specifically, basically just having your ass hanging out. And uh, and I remember just thinking like, there are children around. Like these are very I don't know. Like don't it's, be such a prude. I, I'm just saying like these are v- very highly sexualized costumes. Um, I, I think there's a sexual charge to Comic Con in general. Is there? And uh, I'll most definitely. Okay. Yeah, and I think part of it. <laughs> I like that. I like that all of our eyes narrowed. Like there's something going on. I <laughs> think this it, whole it, thing's it's a not front just because of the the drinking or whatever. But it's uh, people. 
the people who don't live in Los Angeles or maybe are still in high school or, or, mm. or whatever who are spend most of their lives surrounded by norms, you mm. know, normies. And they are weird, weird people deep inside. Mm-hmm. And Comic-Con is an excuse for four days to just be completely yourself. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that, that lack of inhibition just sort of necessarily carries with it some sexuality. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it it ventures toward hedonism hmm. in in a way that's I think really fun. <laughs> <laughs> do, it is do you, fun. It doesn't cross. Do it doesn't cross the boundary. No, I, I completely agree with it. Um, the sense of you know role playing and uh-huh. um, it's not the sexuality itself, but that that sense of fun and freeness that everybody yeah. has is now why I love Comic Con. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what I look forward to now, instead of a panel or yeah. things that to purchase, it's it's the general kind of mood yeah. of the situation. Let me ask you guys this, uh, because as I mentioned, I, I like the camaraderie that, that, that's going on. I like the, the tone of it. Um, do you ever actually see somebody or you hear two people probably arguing about something, a, a, a respectful argument, but... Uh, do you ever hear see someone or hear someone, and for a brief moment you're like, "Well, I'm I'm not them," you know? <laughs> oh, you just yeah. you do feel even. a little bit superior in spite of the fact that it's these exact people that are making you feel so awesome for being there. Um, do you ever? I don't know. What do you think about that? Because I, I had I, moments like I like being here. I like that I'm with these people. But man, at least I'm not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. I definitely yeah. have that sense too. It's kind of gives you a confidence boost as you're walking around, or it can depress you. But because I don't consider myself to be not to imply that it's a bunch of like ugly people there or anything like that. No, but uh, you know, uh, I don't consider myself. To, yeah, I'm, I'm t-shirt and jeans kind of. I did just buy some Skechers shoes, but aside from that, I'm not a very. I don't consider myself to be a very put together person uh in in any way uh but i think in my case having a wife has had an effect on me and just the the way i i to a certain extent care about the way i look and specifically and you david you warned me about this i don't want to smell Uh and uh and so like you do walk especially walking the floor every once in a while you'll just hit this pocket and you're just like whoa that how is somebody not aware of this? <laughs> I mean, they have to be around it all the time. Maybe that's why they're not aware. Yeah, but and yeah. the the seeds of this smell were planted before preview night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is more than three days worth of smell. Exactly, and it's just and it's it's one of those things where I feel it is it is it sounds terrible to say, but it is a little confidence boost. It's like you know I, I'm excited to a certain extent. I'm excited for these for some of these people because these really are probably the only four days where they can really just finally not feel so judged. Mm -hmm. The problem is that of course people like me are judging them and I'm a jerk, but, uh, (laughs) but at the same time, it's just, uh, I don't know. It was, uh, I feel bad, but you're not in any uh, way trying, attempting to repress them. No, no. Yeah. Although, admittedly, I probably would like it better if they if they showered. I've been (laughs) waiting to see deodorant given away as swag for years. Hmm. You'd think, yeah. You would you would think that somebody would have caught on to that. Maybe it's really expensive. Did you guys get any perky <laughs> jerky? Know. I'm sorry, what was that? Did you see that being handed out? Uh, oh, it's the, I think it's the world's first it. caffeinated beef jerky. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any. I just saw rappers everywhere. I don't know who was handing them out. I, I, I would not have tried it. 
That's what you want. Is yes, just I a, would have. Who am I kidding? Of I course you would have. <laughs> I have this thing. This is so off topic. And I've kind of worked it out on my system. But every time I see like a commercial for the new weird, crazy Carl's Jr. or Taco Bell fast food thing. Yeah. Or like the double down sandwich double from KFC. Down. Yeah. I'm like, oh, f- fuck you. It's going to... I'm... I, I accept your challenge. <laughs> you think you're going to belittle me by uh, by putting this out there? You what, you expect me to react against it? To be grossed out by that? I'll eat it. I'll eat your bacon club chalupa Taco Bell. Uh, I, will, I will eat your <laughs> breakfast burrito with the sausage gravy in it, Carlos Jr. Oh. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know that was the thing that existed. That no. one I actually did eat. I have not had the bacon club chalupa because I put... The double down was kind of where I, drew, I was like... Not that I drew the line because it's actually not the it's not the worst thing in the world, the double the double down. It's, it's just like an Ad, it's just an Atkins thing. Yeah. I guess it's it's a terrible thing uh insofar as just the the concept. Yeah. The fact that that's where we are now. Yeah, but it's I mean this new like mega chicken sandwich from Jack in the Box or whatever is essentially a double down with a bun. Like yeah. it's it's even worse. So but it's somehow more civilized. <laughs> um, but yeah, Carl's Jr. is the king of it because they have, like, I I ate I ate this, I put this in my mouth, the Philly cheesesteak burger. It's a burger with, it's a it's already a hamburger. There's already that meat on it, and then it has steak and cheese and onions on top of the meat. And I ate that. Here's the thing. <laughs> I baked a cake last night, and admittedly, that's what I've eaten most of today. Like, that's that's pretty much what uh-huh. I had for lunch, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, with some toast in there as well. It's a delicious cake. It is. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, so, But I recognize that you're not supposed to eat cake all day. Um, <laughs> that said, man, I, I look down on you now. For, well, for I, no, I mean, like I said, I haven't done it. I've been... But man, when I drove past that Taco Bell the other day and saw the sign for Bacon Club Chalupa in the window, I almost pulled the U-turn because I feel like it's a challenge. <laughs> you feel you you feel like uh, like Daniel Day Lewis in uh, Gangster New York. You take the <laughs> pipe out of your mouth. Challenge accepted, Taco Bell. <laughs> but that's the thing is you wind up killing each other at the end. Yeah. All right. So let me uh, finish up Saturday um, because I did decide to do the big thing and go wait in hall in the Hall H line. It took mm-hmm. me. About an hour and a half to get in. I got in right after the trailer park and just in time for Resident Evil Afterlife 3D, which uh, you and I have talked on the show before about how great the trailers are yeah. for the Resident Evil movies. I saw the trailer for this one. It's just day. a dumb trailer. Just a dumb trailer. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? The, the, are you saying this is worse than the other Resident no, Evil the, trailers? No, the other Resident Evil, they would do conceptual trailers, like just for the trailer. Like things yeah, that are like necessarily little, in the movie. Like, they're like short films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there'd be a, usually a commercial that would suddenly turn into oh I, re- I remember yeah and they were, they were really cool especially the the second one uh, Resident Evil Apocalypse that has the best trailer um, this was just a really dumb trailer and then they showed a scene from it and I, it was it, I, I, I had pushed Res- I had never saw Resident Evil Extinction was it the third one yes mm. I, I had pushed Resident Evil Apocalypse the second one out of my mind and then they showed this scene and it all came flooding back, ju- just how awful Apocalypse was. Because I actually kind of liked the first Resident Evil a little bit. I know you do. Um, I mean, it, it, it's definitely not. When I saw the trailer for Resident Evil 4, and I realize I could say this about Saw or any number of things, but there's something about Resident Evil specifically where um, I saw it and I was like, you know, there have been three Godfather movies, and everyone even agrees that that's one too many. 
there have been f- there's now four Resident Evil <laughs> films, and everyone just seems to want more. It, yeah, it's Did very strange. It, is it shot in 3D? Yes, okay. it was shot in 3D. Um, Although maybe the dumbest thing I've ever seen lately. Have you? I, the Onion featured it uh, for the next Final Destination. Five null destination. Five null destination. Oh my gosh! Which my my friend uh, Quinn joked. There's no way it's going to be as good as Five Null Goes West. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Quinn's a funny guy. Yeah. Um, at Quinn Conway uh, on Twitter. Uh, what was I going to say? Okay, so Resident Evil Afterlife 3D uh, looks terrible. No surprise there. And then I was all excited because the next panel was Paul, which is mm-hmm. the new movie written by Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, directed by Greg Matola, starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and Bill Hader and Jane Lynch and Jason Bateman and Jello Trulio and Sigourney fucking Weaver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm probably missing people. I'm leaving people out. That's how great it is. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor. Mm. Um, and I'm all excited for that. And then all of a sudden I hear, security, medic. <laughs> and everyone's sort of standing up and looking one way. And uh, I'm thinking, oh, did someone, like, accost a celebrity? It was my first mm. thought. And then, like, uh, oh, medic, did someone pass out? Did I saw I saw a passed out guy on the floor. Um, oh, really? Yeah, as I was walking by. And so, uh, and I was just like, yeah, I guess it makes sense. Like, doesn't seem like there's a lot of oxygen in the room. Yeah. And um, and uh, then you started hearing rumors come back that someone had uh, it was a, it was a fight over seats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, someone got stabbed in the eye. Someone got stabbed in the eye. Uh, it turns out someone did get stabbed in the face with a pen. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much. That, that's, that's. I've heard it's. I've, I've heard it was more of a scratch. But yeah, uh, I, I actually saw. I didn't see the guy who did it, but I saw them wheel out the guy, and he was beat. okay. I was worried because I had heard that he was stabbed in the eye. Yeah. And I said, they put him on a stretch and wheeled him past me, and his he just had, he had a cut on his cheek. He was mm-hmm. not stabbed in the eye. Thank God, that would be awful. Yeah. Uh, but that, what a shame! It's the first incident of incident of violence, I think, maybe in Comic Con's history. Uh, yeah, or at least of anything. I've I'm sure there have been some I mean, shoving matches nerd, before, nerd but fights yeah. and slap fights. But but someone got stabbed in the face with a pen. It's the beginning of the end. It's Oz. It turned into <laughs> Oz in there. There was a big fight in the streets Sunday with some people. Really? Yeah. That, I, it was Comic-Con related. Uh, we didn't even talk about the fact that the Fred Phelps people were there. Uh, oh, yeah. But you know what? I've, I, I, I did a little... When, when I think you, you tweeted it and, mm-hmm. I, and I researched it, and apparently like, it was also just a very just a sad showing on their part. Like There were only like just a handful of people there. There were way more there. There were way more people there to protest the Fred Phelps people than there were Fred yeah. Phelps people. And they were really, um, I, I wish, I can't think of any of their signs that they made. They were all like sort of nerd centric. Like, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what they were. It was really, I can't either. Jesus, it was pretty solid. Though. Or Jesus loves gay Robin or something like that. <laughs> 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 Sodom yeah. is for lovers. I think that was one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, that was great. So um, anyway, that clear, I went out to get coffee because you can get Hall H, because people tend to stay in Hall H every day, uh, all, all day, sometimes you can get food without leaving or losing your place in there. Um, mm. And I went to get coffee, and the guy was like, oh yeah, come on, get coffee. And uh, I came back to the door, and they weren't letting anybody back in mm-hmm. uh, from the lobby. They were all they were going to seat, and they had started, I thought, and everyone else, there were probably 60 of us out in the, out in the lobby, uh, thought they had started the Paul panel. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, here's where 
two things. Keeping your head and wearing a jacket and tie can really work in your favor. Because these people were getting irate and yelling at security. And so I just sort of stood off to the side a little bit so that once the... Because every once in a while, other security people would come out from Hall H. And once they opened the door, I just sort of grabbed the door and walked in with purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh, and well, it's all about purpose. Yeah, you walk in like you know what you're going. So uh, you know, know where you're going. So yeah, I. But it turns out they hadn't, still hadn't started the panel. They were just showing some trailers. But okay, so uh, I'm sure the, the rest of the guy cleaned up all the blood. Whatever. Mm -hmm. We're back to we're back to the panels. Uh, Paul was awesome. It was uh, moderated by Chris Hardwick, um, and then yeah, all those people I mentioned uh, were there along with yeah Greg Matola as well. Um, and Paul is a movie that actually it's about two British nerds played by Simon Pegg and Nick Frost who come to Comic Con. They actually the the floor they recreated on a soundstage somewhere, but they actually shot some stuff uh, out on Fifth Avenue and crossing Harbor Drive, and they actually see like uh, like it's a sh it, the, the, it starts with a shot of Simon Pegg and Nick Frost like with their badges on, standing in the uh, on the sidewalk, and two guys in costumes come up next to him, and then it sort of pulls back and you see the big like arch like san diego's historic gas lamp district and then they walk across hmm. harbor drive to and then you see the convention center and man i'd love that's what i like about being in hall h is people just like lost their minds like cheering <laughs> and it's another reason like you can't leave san diego that's part of it this is a part of the iconography now mm -hmm. if you if you leave you can't continue the numbers it has to start over at one it can't be you can't have the 42nd san diego international comic-con in fucking anaheim where, where are they? I've heard that they were thinking of doing it in Vegas. Uh, I think Anaheim, Los Angeles, and Las Vegas. Are the yeah, that's what ones. I okay. say. Um, so that, anyway, that's uh, it's, uh, they they go to Comic Con. They get in an RV. They're doing an American sort of road trip after Comic Con. They're driving through the desert and they meet an alien who has escaped from Area Fifty One, mm -hmm. who has been, uh, I guess, there since Roswell probably, uh, and is voiced by Seth Rogen. It has become completely just Americanized. It's just mm -hmm. like. A dude who hangs out and drinks coffee and curses and yeah, but he's a he's a CG alien. Alien, uh, it looks great. Um, after that was Cowboys and Aliens, which the only person on the li on listed to be on to be there was direct director John Favreau. Um, but then I can't remember who all he brought out. He uh, Daniel Craig is the star. Uh, Sam Rockwell was there. Olivia Wilde was there. Um, Clancy Brown and Keith Carradine weren't there, even though they're both mm -hmm. in the movie, or and neither is Paul Dano. Um, he's in the movie. He wasn't there. Um, and then I thought the audience lost their minds when they saw a comic, saw San Diego in the Paul thing. Mm -hmm. John Favreau brings out Harrison Ford, mm -hmm. who is Han Solo, you know, yeah, so, and Indiana Jones. So yeah. that's kind of a big deal. Uh, and the roof just shook. It was insane. It, 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 it but and also he. Uh, Harrison Ford is a funny guy. I think mm -hmm. he had uh, he had two security guards escort him on stage in handcuffs, <laughs> as if he had just stabbed someone in the face, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they just showed, they took a couple questions, and then they they showed even though they've only been shooting for a month, they they showed a lot, uh, a, a good chunk of the beginning of the movie, hmm. uh, Cowboys and Aliens with. Uh, special effects that were near near completed. Uh, I think I think John Favreau loves Comic Con as much as I do, and uh, I think specifically did that to have something to show, 
even though they were only a few weeks into production. Hmm. Uh, he specifically shot and cut together and, and, and did some effects on some stuff. And uh, it's going to be great. It's I, gonna, I imagine that movie will be next summer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Does it ever bother you that you like uh, that you see, you know, a preview for, oh, hey, we're, we're making this. And you're like, ah, I want it. Uh, I want it to be done now. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I want it to be done in like the, a month. That's part of the fun. I is guess. Anticipating something. But Cowboys, and I, I always go into everything a little cynical, you know. Mm. And so I was afraid it would be kind of a... I, I didn't... I, I like the idea of Cowboys and Aliens <laughs> in the same mm-hmm. thing. Um, but I didn't have my hopes up too high. Uh, it turns out it's going to be even cool. It's going to be exactly what I would have wanted, mm-hmm. which is a traditional Western where aliens come in. That's awesome. Uh, like in the first, they showed three scenes, and the first two scenes could be the scenes of any western at all. Like, there's a couple of hints of the, some weird stuff going on, mm-hmm. but it's they're really it's really just a regular western. Like a uh, Daniel Craig is like a horse thief who's been shot, and then he breaks into Clancy Brown's house to try and clean up his wound, and then he gets arrested, and then he's in jail. Keith Carradine's the sheriff. Paul Dano's in the cell, cell next to him, and he's kind of a weird guy. Mm-hmm. And it's, it could be any other Western. And then the third scene they showed, it, uh, it goes crazy. <laughs> so this does this take place on Earth? It takes place on Earth. That's the implication. In, you know, Western time. Yeah. So like 1850s, 60s, 70s. Yeah. And uh, they're just, but aliens are here now. Well, that's what happens in the third scene. Aliens. All right. Aliens show up. So then the, the cowboys have to kill them. I guess so. I would assume it's pretty awesome. So, uh, and then uh, I'm getting exhausted, and I don't also don't care that much about Captain America or Thor. Okay, um, not. Th- but you I were don't there. Mean for, to be you were there for that, yeah, right? I don't mean to be disdain- disdainful. I should say I don't know much about yeah. about them. Um, the Captain America stuff didn't look that promising to me. I don't understand the comic book geek uh, preoccupation with what's the suit going to look like mm. whenever there's a superhero movie. It doesn't seem like that's the like as long as it doesn't look stupid, I think that's the concern. Is that when you think about it, most like I've seen what the Captain America suit looks like, and I'm like, okay, that it looks like it could exist in our reality, and that's that's yeah. the concern. And it also looks like it was made in 1942, yeah, which is what's really kind of cool about it. Yeah, like it has like uh, stitching that looks like it was done by hand uh, on the on the costume. Like, yeah, I mean, well done, but not. Yeah, it doesn't look like synthetic. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is a cool costume, I do admit. And Hugo Weaving was there. He's playing Red Skull, for those yeah. who don't know. Uh, and, and he talked about in the Q&A that he sort of pat- patterned the Red Skull after, among other famous Germans, uh, Werner Herzog. <laughs> and then they showed, the only show, the only scene they showed didn't even have Chris Evans in it at all. It just had um, Hugo Weaving as a Nazi and some other guys, and he is talking like Werner Herzog, and it's <laughs> fucking awesome. Uh, uh, has he become the Red Skull at that point? Do you see no, the awesome... Oh, no. man. I don't. I think that's going to be a big reveal. I don't think they want to. I guess it's also something I'm afraid of. Afraid that it's going to look stupid. I think it'll probably look pretty awesome. I hope so. I'm, I'm afraid though that it will. Okay, look stupid. <laughs> it's my fear. <laughs> uh, and then Thor. Honestly, I know almost nothing about the Thor comics, mm-hmm. uh, but it looks like the approach they're taking is a little. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I I, I almost want to say corny. Um, Tongue in cheek. Maybe? No, I wouldn't go that far. I think they're taking okay. it seriously. All right. But they're also not trying to do, like, the Chris Nolan thing and, like, make it fit into our reality. It's right, still, right. 
very larger than life and it's about gods and stuff. And because of that, I really think that Kenneth Branagh is the right guy to go with as a director. Well, I was actually, uh, I was on a podcast yesterday. I won't say what it is because it's not going to be up for two months, apparently. Um, but uh, is there, the Paul Goebbels show? No, it's, oh, you'd think so. No, <laughs> uh, no, it was uh, the sequel cast. Anyway, um, but uh, they met, they reminded me, uh, we were talking about uh, Comic-Con, and they reminded me that, uh, that Kenneth Branagh directed Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you've seen that, but it's it's just it's very gothic, but it it just it has so much glee in uh-huh. how dark it is. Very similar to Bram Stoker's Dracula, which, while also being very melodramatic, is still just takes so much joy in yeah. the ridiculousness of what it's doing. And I feel like that's something that Kenneth Branagh seems. I I think also maybe his his Shakespearean training, and yeah. if you look at the the same guy who could. Um, they could play Gilderoy Lockhart in uh-huh. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. The same guy that could cre- could craft that character is directing this film. And I think that, that tells you everything you need to know about it. Yeah, so I, I would say I went in not being kind of indifferent to Thor and mm-hmm. now kind of interested in it. Yeah. Because I think Kenneth Branagh is doing interesting things. And, uh, you know, Anthony Hopkins is in it. Natalie Portman and um, Clark Gregg. Playing yeah. the same role he played in Iron Man one and two, um, a- appears to be a much bigger part of of Thor, and that's always a good thing because I like that actor a lot. I like that Clark Gregg is now like a part of something very yeah. large. He's it's just like Captain America, Thor, the Hulk, Agent Coulson, <laughs> but he's there. He's on yeah. stage. It was very exciting. Well, that leads me to the next thing, I and mean, this was just Bill's the Captain America Thor mm-hmm. panel. Uh, it uh, it ended. And then it wasn't over. Yeah. Because um, uh, uh, Kevin Feige, Feige, the guy, the the sort of head of Marvel film mm-hmm. stuff, uh, brought out Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. And then he took the mic and he introduced uh, Robert Downey Jr. And brought Clark, uh, who was just there. Clark, yeah. Uh, you know, he had. We didn't know he was going to be there. Robert Downey Jr. just walked out. Yeah. Uh, Clark Gregg, Scarlett Johansson just happened to be there. Uh, Jeremy Renner as as Hawkeye. Uh, can't remember if I'm missing anybody. Mark Ruffalo. Um, well, that was yeah. They brought out Chris, Chris Evans, and then what's his name? Helmsworth. Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. Chris Hemsworth, who's doing Thor. Um, and then Robert Downey Jr. took over and announced, officially announced, Mark Ruffalo will, will be playing the Hulk, mm-hmm. which is bullshit. Uh, I like Mark Ruffalo, but. Th- uh, Marvel wants to have its cake and eat it too with this whole series thing. Yeah. If, the way they're telling the story is the way that stories are told on television, sort of ongoing and interlocking, Yeah. right? And if you lose an actor on a TV show, you have to write them out. You don't just get to recast them like you can in a movie because it doesn't stand alone yeah. the way that an individual movie stands alone even when it's part of a trilogy yeah. or, 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 or a franchise. If you're going to tell this sprawling story that all takes place in the same thing, you have to either pay Terrence Howard what he wants or kill off that character or yeah. write him out. And you can't just replace Edward Norton at a, at a whim when he wanted to come back uh, and, and still try to convince me that this is the same universe. It, it, the Not to mention that the first Hulk came out in 2003. It is now 2010. 2010, I've heard it called. Uh, so that's seven years. That's three different actors playing the Hulk within seven years. Yeah. After a while, just it, it almost feels like the character has no integrity at that point. Yeah, they, that, should, they should have just stuck with Edward Norton. He was willing to do it. 
Yeah. Uh, it really pisses me off. And uh, the, their whole treatment of that thing. I don't know if you follow this kind of thing. What do you What do you uh, think about it? I, I'm not I'm not huge into the superhero movies, but I am really curious about the Avengers when the actual movie comes out with all these mm-hmm. people in it. How that How in the world are they going to be able to make it like kind of even or? Yeah. I I, I don't. I don't. I'm really curious to see how they end up pulling it off, or if they can. Well, I'll get to that in a second. Actually. What I've but seen in Firefly the, the, yeah, leads uh, me to believe that Joss Whedon can. That's can what actually I was going to say. But I, I want to talk about that as Edward Norton thing because okay. they uh, Kevin Feige, Feige, whatever, yeah. released a statement that was in sort of fake, polite, professional language, but was actually kind of damning. Of Very Edward. much so. Yeah, surprisingly and, so. Uh, seemed really uncalled for and really unprofessional. Well, uh, I I have a theory. Basically, he basically he made it sound as if Edward Norton was not uh, cooperative. Mm-hmm. He was he wasn't being cooperative, and we that's what we want in these in these films. And of course, everyone kind of knows that Edward Norton can be a, a difficult actor at times. Uh, good though he is, and so I think they're Listen, playing. He doesn't on that. play by the book, but he gets results. Absolutely, he uh, <laughs> he's down with the clown. <laughs> no, I, mean, I just imagine Kevin Feige being like, "The mayor's gonna have my ass." <laughs> but that's the thing is like if because when you're dealing with like comic book fans and you say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna take Edward Norton out," people are like, "What are you talking about? Continuity, continuity." And the only way to save yourself is to say, "Hey, our hands were tied. He was being uncooperative." What do you uh-huh. want us to do? And so everything about that, and especially knowing that Edward Norton does sort of have this reputation, we can release this statement, and anything that he says after that is going to be cast in a certain doubt uh, and make him look... It's like, well, maybe he is a little uncooperative. I don't know. I don't know. And so um, so I will say this, that it was like a the way in which they released it, though it really sucked, was a brilliant tactical move. Uh, to take a certain degree of pressure off of them, because for at least a little while, everyone thought, "Yeah, Norton being t- typical prima donna actor." Yeah, until he released a statement being exactly. like, "Oh, that kind of hurt. I don't know yeah. where that came from. I was, I was, I wanted to do it." Yeah, but you know, the reason they did it is not any ill will with him, but simply, I mean, probably some, but just to to save themselves in the in the eyes of fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's very frustrating. Yeah. Because they're cheapening the character. Um, but then, yeah, Robert Duvall, Robert Duvall, Robert Downey Jr. Get low comes out this weekend. Very <laughs> excited. Brought out uh, a Mark Ruffalo, and then he announced, or, or announced it had been announced, but he brought out Joss Whedon, and mm. he he said a few words like, uh, he was like, <laughs> I, can't, I wish I could remember exactly what he said. But he was like, I've had a dream my whole life. And this is way better than that ever was, <laughs> and I am gonna fuck it up. <laughs> That's pretty much what he said. <laughs> That's the spirit. Um, okay, so that was Saturday. Uh, we yeah. hung out Saturday night. You drove home Saturday night. I did. I, I we I went to the Stan Winston panel, which, uh, as you say, was kind of a. It wound up kind of being a, a push for this for this school, but it was yeah. still kind of interesting. The school sounded like a great thing. I yeah, thought. and you'll hear more about that when uh, I made several contacts. Uh, <laughs> Afterwards, and uh, we might have someone from the Winston panel on uh, on the show, and you'll hear more, hear more about that school another time. And then afterwards, uh, my wife and I went and saw Inception. Finally, you'll hear more about that on another episode. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we hung out with uh, David and Rudy and Ryan and Natalie, and uh, or as David uh, calls him, calls her my Natalie. My Natalie. Um, <laughs> my Natalie, which is my favorite um, novel, um, and as well as Ryan's uh, girlfriend Charmaine and her yeah. friend India. 
Yeah. And so uh, then afterwards, uh, Jen and I went home and packed. And uh, I went to the hotel, packed, and again, left about 2 a.m., mm-hmm. got back here about 4 a.m. And uh, I – is it wrong? Okay, so here's what happened is that friend of the show, Adam Rebataro, was in San Diego hanging out with people, but he was unable to get into Comic-Con because he was there – he was there on behalf of a company that proceeded to then piss off Comic-Con and then the and then Comic-Con said, uh, yeah, we're revoking all your badges now. And so oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. So Adam was like, we'll oh, that off, OK, off that's not my fault. So now what? Because I've already got my plans all worked out. And so he wound up just kind of hanging out with friends on the fringes. Yeah, that I could see that being really fun. Yeah, I, I suppose so, because then you're not so concerned about like getting to a panel yeah. or whatever. Uh, but knowing full well that, uh, that Jen and I were going to be not going to be there on Sunday. I gave him my badge for Sunday Seems and, fun uh, me. I just, I, I don't want to get in trouble or anything. No, I, I've got no problem with it, but, uh, but yeah, so, so I was excited that I was able to help him a little bit. So did you go to the convention at all on Sunday? Uh, for a bit. Yeah. It was kind of like everybody seemed like the walking dead Sunday. It yeah. Was just, <laughs> it was just people aimlessly, wandering i don't know didn't care about any panels just kind of walk the floor um yeah, things go shopping. on sale on sunday that that's yeah. kind of the only reason to go there but uh, never the stuff you want uh, I, f- I found really? some books 50 percent off and i was i was pretty stoked on oh, that that's good. but um that was about it yeah yeah it's what'd a, you do on sunday pretty much the same walk the walk, uh, walk mm. the floor um went and uh had a couple margaritas and tacos and then went home went home said my goodbyes to people that i knew there yeah. 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 See you guys next year. Most definitely. All right. Well, fought back tears, I have no doubt. <laughs> but it is interesting, actually, I, to look. Okay. So I'm to be, of course, covered Comic Con and had a lot of photos. And uh, I will say that I used to not really care that much about the, the photos. But I went and looked, and, and I know this sounds really hokey, That's but funny. actually, you watch it and you're just, uh, you, you look at the, the photos and, and footage, and you're like, I know exactly where that is. I was right there. They they showed photos of uh, people dressed up, and I'm like, I saw that guy walking around. Uh-huh. I was part of this thing that is very that has become very very maybe not important, but is very big. It mm-hmm. has become very big in the entertainment world, and I was there, and I was I was part of it, and it was uh, yeah. it was very exciting. Yeah, uh, that's why I'm kind of repeating something I've already said here, but I don't. People complain more and more every year about the way the studios and TV networks and everything, their presence is, is, is bigger. But no matter how big that gets, it's still a gathering that it's still 150 fans that Mm -hmm. are there, whatever they're there to see. It's still 150 just fucking weirdos that are kind of, at least for those five days, my people, the rest of the time, I don't have any people. I mean, it's, (laughs) I mean, I, the uh, the only thing I can compare it to is the gathering of the Juggalos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just this festival of of uh, common interest. Final thoughts on on Comic Con, Patrick? Comic Con 2010 and just in general? Yeah, uh, I think I think this year was it was a little bit different in the way I my mentality about it. Just uh-huh. just not worrying about the panels so much and just kind of just taking it in more a little slower. It's it's kind of an anthropological study uh-huh. in a lot of ways for me. <laughs> uh, and I mean, it's just everybody's in a good mood. Yeah, it's it's great. It feels like, uh, like a definite vacation. As exhausting mm-hmm. as it is, it still is just refreshing. Yeah, 
Yeah. It really is. Uh, I expected to be, especially after that first parking uh, thing. Debacle. Uh, debacle. Uh, I expected to just be stressed the whole time. Uh, and I wasn't. I was, I was very happy that I was there with my wife. But uh, just the two of us, we just really enjoyed ourselves. Uh, and it's, and it really, I think a lot of it is owed to, to the location. Uh, being able to, on, on Saturday, we went to the Indie Fans panel. And then we had several hours free. And we thought... Let's go grab some deeds. So we went and had like a, an incredibly nice lunch. Where where'd you go? We went to a place called Urban, I think. Oh, I, I know that. And uh, I had a nice filet mignon. She had swordfish, and it was delicious. Filet mignon sounds like flaming yawn. I know. Have I said that on the show before? Uh, I think you've said it to me okay. before. Um, <laughs> <sighs> I've heard everything you have to say. <laughs> That's what's depressing about this. Um, and it's uh, so yeah. I think the the location really does play a huge part because. Uh, if they moved it to, I mean, maybe Anaheim would work, but being near the ocean, but... But here's the thing. Here's being in Los Angeles Anaheim, certainly would be... Here's why Anaheim, Los Angeles, and Las Vegas wouldn't work for mm-hmm. me. Is that... Uh, well, Anaheim, it's the convention center is right by Disneyland. Los oh, Angeles okay. is Los Angeles. Las Vegas is Las Vegas. Yeah. It, I, I feel like San Diego coming to Comic-Con is a big deal to San Diego. It, it, yeah. It, like it, it's, a big, it, it's a big deal because... It's not those three places. Yeah. Whereas if it were anywhere else, Comic-Con would kind of be marginalized to the convention in its immediate environs. Yeah. The convention mm-hmm. center, you know, it wouldn't, and the, the locals would kind of, even though I think a lot of the locals in San Diego probably hate Comic-Con. Oh, I don't doubt that. It's still, it's still a big deal because it's, uh, because of where the convention center is and the way that it's just sort of, uh, uh, the, the, the impact that it has on the city for that time is a it's it's a big deal because it's san diego you definitely feel like you are in a, a certain place like you mm-hmm. feel like oh okay well i've left the convention center and now it's just uh here's a mcdonald's here's an applebee's here's all these things no when you leave you got the you know the the trolleys you've got this just some nice architecture some nice restaurants you feel like you're where you're at i know that's uh-huh. you're not in some anonymous place and uh, you feel like, oh, I not not only have I been to Comic Con, I've been to San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I feel like if it was in Las Vegas or or Anaheim by Disneyland or in Los Angeles, it would just be one more thing there. Mm-hmm. You know, it wouldn't be anything that's particularly special. Not to imply that it's the only thing to go to San Diego for. Of course, there's Sea World and uh, the Padres, I guess. Um, the zoo. There's a the, well, one of the better zoos in the country. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's when it's happening, it's the only thing happening and it's very exciting. Um, unless of course you live there, in which case I have to assume it's a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. But yes, I really loved my first comic con. A lot of people were asking me like, Tyler, what'd you think? I think everyone assumed I wouldn't enjoy myself. <laughs> uh, but no, I loved it and I'm that's definitely what, going back. That's actually what, uh, after last year was Natalie's first comic con. That's kind of what she said about me. She was like, the normal David shouldn't like this. Like no way, yeah. There's so many people, and they're always in your way, and there yeah. are so many lines, and I just don't care for that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if if you're gonna go back next year, we will be going back next year. But would you do anything different? Like, would you go into it uh, uh, in a different way? Jen and I have have discussed that. Uh, first off, I'm not gonna drag my feet on the uh, press registration, um, <laughs> but also or registration in general. Um, but also, uh, we might actually find a place, find a hotel that's closer. So that parking might not be such an issue. Yeah. 
Um, or what I would do mm-hmm. is, um, since you're not uh, going to be out till all hours anyway, right. do what I did two years ago. Um, stay, find a place near Qualcomm Stadium where the okay. Chargers play right. to stay because you can park for free at Qualcomm for $5 a day. That's a, that's a round trip trolley pass. Oh, okay. There's a stop at Qualcomm. You park right under the stop, go up. It takes you right, literally drops you off in front of the convention center. Hmm. That's, you can stay cheaper out there. And I mean, the only, th- the only problem is that the, the trolley stopped running at like 12 or 1230 at night, but. Oh, yeah. Uh, most, I mean, most of my nights stopped earlier than that, but yeah, that's, and I actually, uh, because I'm a child at heart, I guess, uh, I saw the trolley, I'm like, I want to ride that, I absolutely want to <laughs> ride that, and yeah. I just didn't get a chance, and I felt really gypped. Yeah, well, you, you, sh- you, should, you should do that next year. Yeah, it's, that it's, sounds pretty good. It's literally, it's free, free parking in Qualcomm, you pay nothing to park, and uh, it's $5 a day for the That sounds awesome. Trolley. Um, all right. Okay, well, this, well, uh, this is long. Yeah. Um, we might split it up. Meh. Well, we'll talk. Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, Patrick from Pretend for Real. Is it, what's the what's the website? Where can people find you? Uh, you can you can check out the website at uh, pfrstudios.com. dot mm-hmm. There's also a Facebook page, I I believe, for Pretend for Real, and then the the Twitter at Pretend for Real. Okay, yeah. Thanks um, for being with us, by the way. Oh, yeah. thank you for having me. Thanks for the ride to Comic Con too. Uh, anytime, <laughs> anytime. There's a Comic Con. <laughs> um, you can find us at battleshippretension.com or by searching iTunes for Battleship Pretension. You can email us, David at battleshippretension.com or Tyler at battleshippretension.com. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash thepretension. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at twitter.com slash morelessons, which is the official Twitter for his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which you can find at morethanonelesson.com or in iTunes under More Than One Lesson. And you can find my other podcast, the television review podcast, previously on by searching previously on in iTunes. Now it's been a while since we've talked about this, but there is a donation option. Yeah. At uh, battleshippretension.com. Yeah, do it. So there are two options. One, you can just uh, just a one-time donation. You can also sign up for the donation subscription, uh, which is two dollars a month. You don't even feel it. That's right. God, David, <laughs> sorry, I'm a, a get with the program. After here. I do my spiel at the end, I have checked out. Yeah, I don't. I'm doubt. ready to say bye. As has everyone else, yes. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so if you wanted to donate to the show, we would certainly appreciate it. Uh, and uh, we haven't mentioned it in a while, but uh, uh, we had a donation drive, and uh, so we wanted to kind of cool our heels, uh, cool our jets a little yeah, bit on that. we appreciate all those. But uh, but the option is still there, so if you wanted to, to help us out and, and support us uh, however you could, uh, that would be great. We'd really appreciate it. So uh, uh, until next time, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.